Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past featuring the world's most famous personalities. On this edition, we are concluding our salute to America's number one newsman, Walter Winchell. Winchell began a variety show on NBC TV in 1968, a program that featured the talents of America's top entertainers. Jackie Gleason, Martha Ray, Perry Como, and Sammy Davis Jr. opened the premiere program. And during the run of the series, he also included some of his own discoveries, Lisa Kirk, Roberta Sherwood, and Rowan and Martin. In 1964, I wrote and produced an album entitled A Legend Named Jolson, an album which Walter Winchell generously narrated. This is a love letter from the American people to Broadway's greatest showman, Al Jolson, whose talent was shared by the world. A star who twinkled and kept shining for a long, long time. Let me sing a funny song with crazy words that roll along. And if my song can start you laughing, I'm happy, so happy. Let me sing a sad refrain of broken hearts that loved in vain. And if my song can start you crying, I'm, I'm happy. Let me croon a low-down blues to lift you out of your seat. And if my song can reach your shoes and start you tapping your feet, I'm happy. Let me sing of Dixie's charms of cotton fields and Mammy's arms. And if my song can make you homesick, I'm, I'm happy. It all began about 60 years ago. Though April showers may come your way, they bring the flowers that bloom in May. So if it's raining, have no regrets, because it is raining, rain, you know. It's raining violets, and where you see clouds upon the hills, you soon will see crowds of daffodils. So keep on looking for a bluebird and listening for its song. Whenever April showers come along. When the Jolson album was completed, Winchell mentioned it in his syndicated column. In just two weeks, more than 50,000 orders had been received. The following year, I joined forces once again with Winchell, plus the lovable Jimmy Durante, and we wrote and produced a new album, The Legend of Jimmy Durante. This is Walter Winchell, and this is the legend of Jimmy Durante. I 
could have danced all night. I could have danced all night. I could have spread my wings and done a thousand things. Stop the music, stop the music. Why should I sing the song and make it popular? <laughs> Now what a day, what a day, what a day. Why the bells are the blues. What a day, what a day, what a day. Why the flowers are blooming, the couples are spooning. Let me hear that there. This is a love letter from the American people and all the ships at sea to one of their favorite sons, James Francis Durante, affectionately known as Jimmy, by all of us in the 50 star-spangled states. Jimmy was born on New York's Lower East Side, between the Bowery and the East River, next door to Chinatown, not far from Broadway, where his delightful way with a gag or a song won him the title, Mr. Show Business. While we were preparing the album, Durante celebrated 50 years in show business with a dinner at the Plaza Hotel in Hollywood. Winchell was there, and from the podium, this was his affectionate embrace. After 50 years, most of the time as a star, on the big time, and in the big money, you would think that Jimmy Durante was a wealthy man. The merciless truth is that he is not. But... If you count a man's blessings and his countless friends, Jimmy Durante is the richest man in the world. Why isn't he rich like a bank? Because, as everyone knows, he is the softest touch in show business. You all know that. But what few of you know is this. Jimmy Durante has given away over $1 million dollars not a cent of which was deductible. Jimmy, as in show business and as in racing, the horses are not the only thoroughbreds. Thank you. In October 1967, Winchell was back in New York doing his daily column. And on a Sunday evening that year, he took time out to talk with Ted Steele on the NBC radio program Monitor. Walter Winchell, I understand that you're going back on the stage, at least the television stage. How about that? Well, we are. The Craft um, Music Hall comes up November 15th, and I hope uh, Monitor's listeners will make a note of that date, November 15th. I wish I had thought of this dream boat of an idea that they have at Craft Music Hall. It's uh, miniature musical comedies with stars from Hollywood and New York. Uh, it's, a, it's like a Broadway production. I'm amazed at the way they did it. Uh, scenery, costuming, and terrific cast of new talent, and the only oldsters in it, a Cab Calloway, who's just only great, and uh, myself. Walter Winchell, your column has been one of the most widely read for just about 40 years, isn't it? I started down the Vaudeville News in 1920, so figured out this is 67. You're not in a New York paper now, since I am in two, I'll have you oh. know, Mr. Ted Steele. Oh, I, um, I, uh, I am hopeful, I am hopeful that um, one of the people who have already announced in the New York Times and Time Magazine, Newsweek, and U.S. News World Report and all the other mags, and papers that uh, even Time is still talking about getting out of paper. That hasn't been debunked. But the New York Times the other day finally came out and said, we just forget it. They are not going to do it. So I called up uh, various executives at the Daily News to try to find out what was happening. I'd be like very much to find a home there. Uh, the founder of the 
the New York Daily News, which is the number one circulation, as you know, in the United States. Uh, Captain Joseph Medill Patterson uh, invited me in 1930 and 31 to go over there. And every time the mirror on which I was working heard about it, they upped the, the wages pretty good. And uh, it opened the way. When I got lucky, Ted, a great number of other guys got lucky, among them Ed Sullivan, who, had, who wrote this in, uh, in the Ladies' Home Journal recently. That's, that's why we made up after 35 <laughs> years of wasting time uh, hating each other. I want to ask you one question that's important to me, Walter. I want to find out how you do all that you do and do it so well. I'm referring to a prized possession that I have. It's a letter from Walter Winchell about 10 years ago, and it simply says, Dear Ted, you're welcome. Signed, Walter. And that was an answer to a letter that I'd written you, thanking you for a plug in the column. Well, good, good. We answer all the mail. Incidentally, when anybody sends, goes to the bother to send you some warm words, mm -hmm. uh, and you'd be surprised at the number of people who don't. But uh, you ride with the punches, and I've I survived a few feuds in my time and attacks. I've been attacked uh, by the best experts around well, in this country. But uh, that's fine. I... I uh, I said at the time, when somebody said, why don't you sue that guy? Oh, did you see what he said about you? And my line would be, the height of something or other would be for Walter Winchell. It's all because somebody said something about him. Right. So I just never do. I mean, it's silly. Walter, you've been known for discovering many, many big stars. Who are some of the people that you've uh, been associated well, with? Well, my biggest showbiz scoop. Anybody who knows show business, in and out of it, knows about Roberta Sherwood. That's, yeah. that's my... Up uh, lazy real, river. That's my real big uh, showbiz scoop. Uh, that's a beautiful story, and I'm going to certainly have it in the book that I'm doing for Doubleday, and uh, at least four installments in the calls, uh, and I have to get that up in time for them, uh, 60,000 words they want uh, very soon. Didn't I read in the paper, Walter, that you were going to receive about $170,000, or was it a million for no, your memoirs? No, the point is that Herb Mays, who, who's the one who invited me to do this, he had said to me, oh, seven or eight years ago, he said, Walter, I can't get a story out of my is that I heard you tell one night in Lindy's uh, how you could document and positively prove and debunk and end the controversy once and for all time about the guilt of Bruno Richard Hauptmann, the kidnapper, killer of the Lindbergh baby. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, I can do that. And he said, well, why haven't you printed it? I said, because I someday may write a book and uh, I'd like to have something uh, that they hadn't read before. And here's what Winchell said when asked by Ted Steele to recreate his network radio show. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. North and South American. All the ships to sea, let's go to press. Lash, Washington, and then whatever. Right. Where'd that come from, that opening, Walter? For me. Where do you think it came from, Ted? Well, I know that, but I mean, was there an occasion? Well, no, no, the, the excitement of the oscillator when that... Flash. That thing, you know. That would set the pace for me, and uh, like a race horse, and trying to break the barrier and get going uh, to get that staccato machine gun tempo. Oh, Ben Grauer was once asked by Time magazine... Uh, did anybody ever clock this guy? How fast does he talk? And Ben said that he clocked it once at 225 words a minute for the first three minutes. Then came, like that, you know. Yeah. And uh, Mr. and Mrs. United States. Incidentally, um, I just came back from Washington, where a genius in the advertising business uh, asked me, uh, did I ever consider going back on the air? I said, oh, at my age, 70? He says, why not? And I said, uh, oh, I don't know. I accept that what people don't know is that for almost 30 years on the air, I really never had a Saturday night's sleep. If you got up to wash your hands or smoke a cigarette or just the fire engines and the sirens screaming, you wake up, then you start thinking. 
Then you pick up the paper and you see a story you were saving. And so there it goes. The only thing I had that was good, you know. Mm. And then you just go to the typewriter and fight that typewriter again. And you stay up because you just can't go back to sleep. So I got tired of that. Waldo, I understand on the Kraft Music Hall special that you mentioned earlier that you're going to sing a song. Is that true? Oh, you know, they didn't even stop. I forgot the words. And I got so embarrassed that I covered my face with my well-known newspaper hat. <laughs> and uh, they howled. And uh, I thought, surely they're going to take it all over again. And incidentally, every time I say anything at the microphone, with the hat on and everything, just the way we did the broadcast on Sunday nights. Waldo Winchell, you've always had a way of making everything sound like headline news, and I'm sure that your appearance on the Kraft Television Show will be headline news for viewers, too. Thanks so much for stopping by, Monitor. Thank you very much, Ted Steele, and Monitor, and NBC, my old girl. The following month, Newsboy Winchell joins Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show as guest. From New York, The Tonight Show, starring Johnny Carson. Johnny's guests tonight are Tammy Grimes, Dick Cavett, and special guest, world-renowned newspaper man, Walter Winchell, Doc Severinsen with the NBC Orchestra, and me, I'm Ed McMahon. And now, here's Johnny. Got my what? If there's anyone watching tonight who is not familiar with this gentleman, they either have never read a newspaper or ever listened to the radio, from which he was on for many, many years with a regular broadcast, also television. And it's, 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 it's a great kick to welcome him to the show for the first time, one of the best-known newspaper men in the world, Mr. Walter Winchell. And good evening, Mr. Miss North America and all the ships. I used to sit and impersonate. There wasn't an impersonator in the world. I don't think that at one time or another did not do you doing a newscast. I uh, heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good to see you. Thank you. Good to see you. Uh, you've never done this show before. Never. Uh, and I guess not too many talk variety shows as such. I understand you got a book coming out, uh, Private Papers of Walter the Winchell. Private Papers of Walter Winchell. That was a uh, title suggested by uh, the late George E. Nathan, number one man in dramatic criticism. <laughs> And, was uh, the subtitle is uh, Many, Many Stories Never Before Made Public. Uh, it is not a book about gossip. I think there will be enough gossip in it, just the, relating <laughs> the stories uh, that I have met in 47 years, um, reporting the things that have happened to me and me to them. That should be a fascinating book. Uh, one of the things that I think the, your audience and everybody's audience uh, will be most interested in, in is this. The coroner here in New York certified that Dorothy Kilgallen died from barbiturates and maybe a drink or two. That's right. Which is very dangerous. And tell everybody, just don't do it. Just don't do it. And I will reveal for the first time what actually killed Dorothy Kilgallen. That's the kind of stuff. You couldn't, t you couldn't tell us tonight? Oh, well, I gotta make a buck, John. I gotta... Uh... Well, you got other stories. You know, we can have a real exclusive here. <laughs> One other thing. You're gonna do... You started with Gus Edwards' kids years and years ago. Um, uh, Eddie Cantor was one of those fellows, Georgie Jessel. Jessel, Lila Lee. And uh, you're going to appear on NBC. 
In a show called Stage Door Johnny with Tony Randall, Cab Calloway, Michelle Lee. Craft Music Hall. Now, you used to do a little hoofing, right? Oh, come on now. Now, I thought just before we left the air tonight, without putting out, I would not put you in a spot, but maybe a couple of steps. A couple of little steps. A couple of steps, brother. Little soft shoes, time step, anything Uh, at all. Just, uh, where's the gang? Oh. Oh. Just uh, a little Where do time. I do this bit? Right there. <laughs> All right. Uh, Doc? Soft shoey? Yeah. Scooby doo doo. A couple of weeks later, Winchell was the host on the NBC TV show Stage Door Johnny, and a whole nation once again watched and listened to Walter Winchell. Walter Winchell reporting. Let's go to press. On this day in 1929, ladies and gentlemen, a very new and very rich playboy, Stage Door Johnny, brought his big bankroll to Broadway. He plans to invest it in girls, girls, girls. Plans. The babe gave $20 and an autographed baseball to the country boy who caught the babe's home on number 500. A tip of the Winchell hat to the one and only Babe Ruth. His heart is even bigger than his mighty bat. Glad. Hot off the press. Good food and good food ideas. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. North of South America and all the ships at sea. Let's go to press. Attention, girls. All the girls on Broadway. The main stem. We have a new king of hearts on Broadway. Stage door Johnny. The big town's newest top tipper. The biggest spender in years. He loves flinging $100 bills at all the Broadway doves. The big street is his new beat. And every night... From sundown until dawn, he weaves a web of moolah up and down the grandest canyon. New York is talking about stage door Johnny's very big, very expensive, and very fantabulous party. Everybody who is anybody will be at Johnny's Long Island mansion tonight. Stage door Johnny will arrive at his swanky soiree from London, flying his own three-wing spad from World War I. Shades of Baron von Richthofen. Our real romance is with this town, New York, the big street, Broadway. The Big Apple, the heart and artery, the crossroads of the world. Flash! All the streets in our fair city are one and the same. So I leave it to you. What's in the name? Another bride. Another Jew. Another sunny honeymoon. Another season. Another reason for making whoopee. Exclusive! Sits alone, most every night, 
Mrs. America and all the ships at sea winds up another edition. This is your New York correspondent, Walter Winchell, leaving you with a toast. Here's to the land you love and the love you land. Good night. Walter Winchell, The Great American Success Story. From the Lower East Side of New York, standing in the rain with an umbrella at a subway entrance, earning pennies, walking people home. To $1,000 a minute as the highest paid newsboy the world has ever known. At the height of his freewheeling career, 25 million listeners made his Sunday night newscast the most popular show on network radio. 800 newspapers carried his column, and Winchell ruled New York from table 50 at the Stork Club. He knew everybody, told jokes to President Roosevelt in the White House, and received exclusive stories in return. His public feuds were famous, from Sullivan to Westbrook Pegler to President Harry S. Truman. He helped make the reputations of some famous friends, Joe McCarthy, J. Edgar Hoover, and Damon Runyon. Admirers and critics agree that he was one of the most powerful and controversial reporters in United States history. Mr. Winchell would have celebrated his 75th birthday on April 7, 1972, but six weeks earlier, on February 20th, he passed away. His long career will have a lasting impact on American life. As he himself might say, and so, with lotions of love, this is your New York correspondent, Walter Winchell, who knows that all the lights on Broadway are never as bright as the candle in the window when you come home. Good night. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California for the golden days of radio. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.